Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Print On Demand cast. And yes, it does look a lot different. This is Usually, weird. This is weird. <laughs> We're not used to talking to each other in person. So this is going to be probably a little more informal, uh, but still filled with good information and knowledge and education for you, the listener. But Travis, we're here. We're actually recording live from Make Your Mark Designs, yeah. the shop. Yeah, I mean, I can, we could at some point just take the laptop and, and give a tour. But, but here you are. There it is. There's a the bunch of presses there. Um, Time to make the donuts. Yeah, it is. And uh, for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, well... Shame on you. I'm just kidding. It's a new thing. We get it. You should go there and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, here we are. Um, we try to figure out, like, where is a good place? Because there really aren't very many good yeah. places in here. <laughs> There's nothing that's, like, beautiful backdrop or anything like that. So we tried to go back where there was color, like, with the T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. It's a big warehouse. A lot of echoes. Yeah, a lot you of get uh, humidifiers. And- yeah. And stuff going uh, loudly in the background. So this was what we could do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get to why uh, I'm, we're recording in person here uh, in the actual episode. Uh, but for now, we're going to go to this week's point of interest, which features someone that joined the Facebook group. Yeah. Right here at uh, com slash Facebook is where you can go to join the group. And uh, this this gentleman, John West, um, posted with some suggestions, some stuff we may have missed, mm-hmm. and a couple other points of interest. And so we had him on the show for this week's point of interest for him to talk about pirate ships. So with that being said, let's go to this week's point of interest, our first guest-driven point I, of interest. I know, it's crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> Things are changing here. It's going to be fun. Here we go. This week's point of interest. You know what time it is. POD cast coming at you. The point of interest. The part of the show with Travis and Joe Sire tell you something you should know. The point of interest. So grab your paper and pen and jot down some notes. Let the learning begin. The point of interest. All right. For this week's point of interest, I'm actually uh, solo this week. So uh, Josiah couldn't record this at this particular time because I actually wanted to bring on somebody for just the point of interest this week. So I got John, John West. Hello. How you doing, man? Good, Travis. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So uh, John actually commented in our Facebook group, and we got a link there. So if you want uh, to join our Facebook group, it's printondemandcast.com slash Facebook for those of you who are listening on the podcast right now. Um, John actually came on one of our uh, on our Facebook group and made a post about our last or one of our last episodes about shipping. And uh, he was talking about how um, we didn't really mention pirate ship, which is really, really, you know, it's a, it's a really cool tool and really excellent for, you know, people who are just getting started. Um, even people that aren't in business that just want to ship cheaper, (laughs) you know, you could even get a pirate ship account. So John, uh, welcome to the point of interest. And, uh, why don't you kind of share a little bit about pirate ship, uh, for our listeners? Sure. Um, 
So Pirate Ship is eventually essentially just a free website uh, where you can buy USPS postage labels at commercial rates. Um, mm-hmm. From what I understand, those are usually rates that you have to ship a certain volume of packages every month to get. Uh, however, this you can do it, you know, regardless of how much you ship. You can ship one package and get the commercial rate. Yeah, um, and it's it's a pretty slick interface. They have good support all around. It's just a pretty nice way to get access to cheaper rates than you might find otherwise. And it, it also does. It, it has the ability to ship the twelve, or I'm sorry, the uh, first class, um, anything under sixteen pounds, right? As opposed to the twelve ounce. I'm sorry, anything under 12, 16 ounces, as opposed to the 12 ounce maximum that the post office itself puts on first class packages, right? Right. Because it's it's technically you're buying the commercial rates. It's yeah. you first class up to one pound. Okay. Cool. And so so tell us a little bit about the interface um, and how it how does it it integrates with a lot of these these different platforms? It does. Um, at its most basic, you can just open up the website and type in an address and the dimensions and weight of your box and just click to buy a label and print it. Uh, but it also ties in with a lot of third-party marketplaces, uh, Etsy, mm-hmm. Amazon, Shopify, um, eBay. Those are the only ones I've used, but there's a whole list. Um, okay. and essentially, it can pull in your list of unshipped orders into Pirate Ship and then let you click and print a label, purchase and print a shipping label for each one. Uh, and then it will send that tracking number for the label back to Etsy, Amazon, whatever, and mark that as shipped for you. So you don't have to go do that manually. Okay. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah. You, you also mentioned like some people when they're shipping on Amazon, they like to use Amazon has a platform called buy shipping and it's, it's Amazon's shipping platform um, that they have internally on their, on their site. Um, And the reason they like to use that is because if something happens to the order and the order actually shows up delivered, but maybe the customer says they never received it, Amazon will actually side with the seller if and only if they used the buy shipping from Amazon. So some people like to do that. What happens in pirate ship if you decide to use the buy shipping? Um, Well, essentially, if you you mark the order as shipped in Amazon – or you know, purchase the label on Amazon, which will market as shipped, is just never imported into Pirate Ship. It just disappears from your list. So when okay. you go to Pirate Ship and view your list of pending orders, you'll only see orders that haven't been marked shipped yet. Okay. Amazon. And as you mentioned, I don't actually use it for Amazon for the exact reason you mentioned, because I want that <laughs> of buying the label from Amazon. And that really kind of saved me this last Q4, because I'm sure you know USPS had a lot of issues with lost and delayed packages. Yeah. Yeah. We lost a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah. So for, for those of you who are um, interested, ShipStation also has, ShipStation actually has the ability if you, um, you, you basically have to kind of get it, do it manually. You have to go through their support, but you can actually buy your Amazon buy shipping labels in ShipStation, but they charge you 20 cents extra a label uh, just for the privilege of printing it out, which, you know, when you're ship, you know, you're shipping hundreds of items a day, you don't want to, you know, go back to your Amazon store for, you know, and, and print those labels and then come to ship station. You just want it all in one interface. So, uh, for us, it made, you know, it made sense, um, to pay that extra 20 cents, particularly because we were using, uh, seller fulfilled prime at the time and we had to use Amazon buy shipping. So, um, so that's cool. So, uh, pirate ship, it's, 
free. Is that right, John? There's no and or no monthly charge or anything like that. It's free. There's no monthly charge, and I I don't think they mark the rates up because it you know matches what you can get directly through Amazon mm-hmm. or what you can get for first class through Etsy. So I think it's just the base USPS commercial rates. Wow, I wonder how they make money. <laughs> no, I mean maybe they, maybe they do mark it up. Maybe they have a better rate, but it's yeah, you know, it's it's the best rate that I I think I could qualify for, and most people could qualify for until you start hitting big numbers and go beyond base commercial. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think for someone starting out it's, it's sounds like it's an excellent, excellent way to, you know, like you say, get those, get those better rates, um, without that volume. Um, and it's free to sign up, right. It's free. I mean, everything's free, right. They can just go and sign up and get an account and start shipping tomorrow or today. Uh, no, no monthly fee. You're obviously charged for the labels you purchase, but that's it. Cool. Well, John, thanks, man, for coming on and, you know, for first of all, for posting uh, in the Facebook group for being, you know, bold enough to put yourself out there and create that post and say, hey, you didn't talk about pirate ship. That's awesome. Uh, So, yeah, I want to remind our listeners, if you're not in our Facebook group, go to printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. It'll take you to the group, you know, ask to be a member and you can be a part of the discussion. We've had some really cool you know, uh, discussions in there and the, the group's not very big yet. And we're already having a lot of interaction. So, um, yeah, go ahead and join us in the Facebook group. And John, once again, thanks so much for, um, for doing that. And then agreeing to come on and actually, you know, get on a video camera and have a conversation. Uh, we, you know, Josiah and I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Love the podcast. Well, thank you to John West for coming on for for the point of interest. It's really cool that he took time out of his schedule to to share knowledge. And that's why I'm super excited about this Facebook group is because it gives you guys the opportunity to tell us stuff that we might not know. And then we can work together and a rising tide lifts all ships. So it's super, super exciting. Travis, uh, how was it speaking with John? John's a really cool dude. We actually probably spoke for another hour after Mm. um, after the point of interest uh, just you know, talked about laser. He does a lot of laser engraving and he's got an epilogue, like, you know, we've Mm -hmm, got epilogues mm -hmm. here. And so we talked a little bit about that and he was just, he was also asking me about order desk and, um, you know, just different things about scaling, uh, which, which is actually a great segue. It is a great segue (laughs) to this week's main event of this episode. We're going to be talking about scaling and because we're here in person, we are live interacting Mm -hmm. with each other on this episode gives a whole new dynamic to the show we thought we would see that live interaction and raise it another experience dynamic by giving <laughs> you guys a live bumper. Ooh, yeah. come on. Here we go. You ready for this? Give it a shot. You ready for this? You got to imagine instead of sailing, it says the word scaling. And that's, that's all you it. get, guys. That's it. That's that's, it. <clears throat> that is uh, the teaser. If there is ever, if there is ever <laughs> a print-on-demand cast weekend convention get-together, there will be more of that. Mm-hmm. Live singing. Lots a of it. karaoke night will probably be a must for something <laughs> like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we both enjoy the karaoke, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think the listeners would love to 
see more of that. <laughs> we could we could actually we could do like karaoke from our bumpers. That's true. Oh, that yeah. would be super fun. That would be fun. Lip sync battles, karaoke. Mm-hmm. So many things could happen. Which, by the way, while we're talking here, <laughs> uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, you're seeing that we're both wearing some really dope POD cast hats, mm. leather patches engraved with the laser. Welcome to my underground lair. You're just in time. Enjoy the share. Uh, which is really, really nice. Uh, awesome quality. So very, very cool. So let's talk about scaling, Travis, after all of this nonsense that's been happening <laughs> for the past five minutes, I feel. We're going to talk a little bit about scaling uh, because, you know, the goal, of course, is to grow the business right, right. That, that we're working on, whether you're starting as a side hustle or you're doing it full time. Either way, mm-hmm. there's this, there's a shared goal of wanting to scale this into something that becomes uh, a viable business, or as your wife likes to say, a big boy business. A big boy business. A big boy business. So uh, let's talk about scaling and what that means. So we want to talk about three components of scaling. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you kick it off with something that I think you have tremendous strength in <laughs> in this particular first one? Because every time you talk about how you are doing this, I get. Uh, I'm not scaling envy because that's weird, but like organizational envy <laughs> or something like that. So tell tell the people about sure. the first uh, component that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So the first one is organization and systems. Yeah. I mean, it really, if, if you plan to scale your business, you have to dig into the details. Yeah. You, you just, there's no, no other way. Yeah. Um, uh, we do have, you know, we talked about this, um, my organization system, mm-hmm. the way I organize like our designs yeah. and the way we do our SKU structure and all that in episode 10. So yep. if you haven't checked that out, um, it's I mean, in the archives, it, I always it, wanted to say that it's, it's <laughs> in the archives. I feel yourself season one. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So that, that being said, uh, it can be really kind of boring or mundane to talk about like the details in the organization. But like I said, you have to, so you, you know, there's a few things that we talked about, like, again, on episode 10, talking about your digital assets, your, um, your listing pictures, your, um, you know, your actual designs, and then, you know, like how you're going to organize your SKUs. If you use UPCs, how you're going to organize your design links, all of those things. We talk all about that in episode 10. So we're not going to get into that a ton, but that's, kind of step one, you know, and then you go further with that and you really, in order to scale your business, you need to get into SOPs. Yeah. SOPs are wildly important. Mm -hmm. Um, SOP stands for standard operating procedures. And why don't you tell us about the SOPs? Like I said, they're, they're vital um, to the success of your business. It lays the groundwork for the building that you want to build or the thing you want to scale up. Right. Organization and SOPs act as the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have SOPs for a lot of different things. Um, uh, one is HR, hiring, job descriptions. What, is that, what does it look like when, when you're going to hire someone? What, what are the qualifications? Mm-hmm. What's the hiring process? I've worked for companies that – um, they were really great companies, but the, the Achilles heel of, that they had was their hiring process. The SOPs for the hiring process was not as strong as they needed to be. So right. it resulted in bad hires and, and a lot of a high volume of turnover in employees. And it, we, we traced the causation to that, to the fact that, well, the SOPs for the hiring process are very, very um, loose 
And so we had to yeah. tighten that up in order to secure the right people and get the people in the right positions. So it's stuff like, who do you want to hire? Mm-hmm. What's the positions? Are they going to be doing your marketing? Are they going to do your shipping? Are they going to do your production? Yeah. Uh, are they VAs? Are you going Are you going to outsource this help? Is it US-based? Travis, tell us a little bit more, uh, your thoughts on the HR aspect of, of SOPs and, and what it could be used for to help scale. Yeah, I think, um, you know, having some type of an onboarding packet you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we have an onboarding packet when we hire, um, you know, U.S.-based employees. They come in, they've got mm-hmm. to fill out all the stuff and, you know, all of that stuff mm-hmm. that you, you know, it, it um, we're, we're being the big boy business in this, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're stepping up to the plate and we're becoming like, you know, a legitimate business by yep. presenting them with, you know, a welcome letter and all of the, you know, the legal documentation and, and, um, you know, all of those things like an employee handbook that yeah. says how many days off they get, all of those things. And, um, those welcome packets are going to vary a little bit based on who, um, like if you're hiring overseas workers, sure. but I still think, um, you know, your VA should get a welcome packet when they yeah. come on, you know, and, and they should feel a part of the business as much as you can make them. Yeah. A part I of think the that's huge. I think that's something too. And when we talk about virtual assistants, um, that aspect, it might be underplayed mm-hmm. uh, by us, the business owners or, or the coworkers, what have you, the owners, but VAs want to feel like they are right. just as much a part of the team as the people here on you know, in your shop, in your production facility. So doing stuff like that, like a welcome letter, a packet, mm-hmm. you know, incentivizing them or Christmas bonuses or yep. just like stuff like that. You, you'll find in that culture, you know, it's, it's huge, like especially in the Philippine culture, right. that kind of stuff goes such a long way mm-hmm. um, in making your VAs happy. Um, so uh, another area, Travis, SOPs are good for is production processes, right? Right. Yeah. We've been um, actually one of our things that came out of our strategic planning sessions mm-hmm. that we did a few months ago. Uh, well, or last month, I guess we finally finished them um, was the need for specific SOPs for the production processes. Yeah. And so what that means is that all of my production techs um, have met with my production manager and my operations manager, and they've basically kind of outlined all of the things or all of the different SOPs that they actually need. And now it's the production tech and the, you know, the, uh, the, um, uh, production as supervisor, um, to, to actually produce those, to get those down on paper. Then, uh, Amy, my operations manager, she'll, she'll take all of that and kind of put it into our system. And she, we have it actually, she has an assistant VA that helps her kind of organize all of that and, um, you know, make it look pretty, you know, but it starts with, um, you know, going through and, uh, if you've got a DTG machine, well, how do you, what is your, what is your strategy for inventory? How do you pre-treat? What, what button do you push? <laughs> right. You know, when someone comes into your, you know, during Q4, you're going to probably need temps yeah. and having all of that, those SOPs for how you do production is going to help you immensely. Yeah. And if you can split them up into different bite-sized chunks, you can, you can let that temp only do this one piece right. and it's very easy. Right. They won't get overwhelmed and sure. bogged down with all the, all sure. the minutia of the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Um, all of this stuff, all of these SOPs, I, I did want to mention these are imperative if you ever chant if you ever decide to sell your business right um if you choose to sell at one you know in the future um and you it, it's not just um important if you have your own production facility yeah. you, you know when i was drop shipping i had vas i had an operations manager we yeah. still built sops in fact um the next item on our list for sops um you know, basically that's for everybody. Yeah. 
you know, go ahead and yeah, talk yeah. about that one. Uh, so product creation or listing processes. So mm-hmm. you're going to want to know again, whether it's your VA, whether it's someone that's in your, in your um, staff, in your office, or even if it's you yourself creating those listing processes, because listing products are, are different from listing a shirt is different from listing a mug and the variations right. and what that looks like. So you want to have a really flushed out and clean process that you could literally just hand, you know, like you were saying for, for production, hand them the SOP and that person feels comfortable where they're not going to get overwhelmed. And when, you know, for, for our production, we have a production Bible that we basically have built and it's an SOP for every item that they can, you know, look at. So right. um, for product creation and listing process, it's very, very imperative to have SOPs. And it comes back also to episode 10 in your digital asset organization, because that's what you're going to be listing for sale mm-hmm. is those digital assets and those digital designs, depending on what, what you're going to list them on right. is up to you. But it comes back to having a good system uh, for those particular assets. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. And then the next one, uh, you need SOPs for your customer service. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been uh, so that that that's everything from like someone messaging you saying, hey, I got the wrong order or, you know, mm-hmm. my my coffee mug was broken. It, yeah. It's all of that stuff. But, it, you know, and how do you handle that? Um, who handles that? All of those things. But it's also like if you're doing custom orders and how how that um, information flow goes back and right. forth between your customer and your your production tech right. or whoever's taking that information and, and putting it into a form that you can actually produce a product and get it to the client or get it to your in customer. Um, and then for us, um, you know, we I've been spending the last, this whole week I've been spinning on order desk and yeah. ship station and trying to get them to talk together and figuring out a, 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 a customer service flow for onboarding our clients that sure. we're going to produce for. Sure. Um, and you, you alluded to in the beginning, but that's uh-huh. one of the reasons you're here. Yeah. You know, cause you, yeah. you know, Josiah came over because he's going to be um, selling some of the products that we do and you can, yeah. you know, tell, yeah. tell so, them about what so, you're doing. Yeah. We're, we're talking, we're, I'm going to be selling a line of, of hats like this that are leather, um, and, you know, laser engraved leather patches on hats. And it's, of course, something that we don't do in-house, but mm-hmm. we want to outsource to do because I think they'll sell really well um, for the collection that I've launched. Yeah. And so um, we, I came over here because Travis is going to set me up with an order desk, and then we're going to figure out how it's going to work when orders come in, what that process looks like. Right. And I'm kind of a, a guinea pig or you know, yeah. beta test <laughs> um, on the or, or order desk process, which is awesome because I have curiosity about order desk on both mm-hmm. the client side and also the person that would be onboarding. So it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but that's why I came here because after we're done um, recording the podcast, we're going to set that up and try and flesh out a, a system that works. Um, so, but onboarding your clients is the SOPs is, is, yeah. is vital. Documenting all of that. Like it's, it's, it's one thing to just say, here's your order desk store. <laughs> sure. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck. Uh, yeah. Um, but actually, I mean, I've been, I've been doing videos mm-hmm. for, you know, and, and writing out push here, click here, fill this thing out, you know, yeah. upload it here and all of those things. So that's just one example mm-hmm. of an SOP that you would use as, you know, for the customer service side yeah. of your business. So, yeah. I mean, we've probably missed some SOPs sure. um, because every single thing in your business could have yeah. and should have, yeah. if I could be so bold, an SOP. Yeah. Um, particularly, again, if you want to, if you want to sell it someday, or even if you, you know, want to be in, um, you know, a, an operator that's not necessarily in in this in the office every sure. day. Um, you know, we have somebody else manage it. Well, having those SOPs is one 
step closer to yeah. that goal. Yeah, and if we have missed an SOP, I'm going to be looking for a notification that John West has posted to the group. <laughs> <laughs> and let us know of an SOP that we missed. Um, but Travis is correct uh, 100%. Uh, whatever you want to do, whatever direction you want to go, SOPs need to be put in place, whether you want to sell it, the yeah. business one day, whether you want to be the guy that's you know sitting on the beach and having someone else run the business, that all has to be in place mm-hmm. for it to continue to scale after you step out of a full-time role or full-time yeah. capacity. So, And one thing that scaling definitely requires mm-hmm. is continual improvement. Yeah. Like revising your processes. Mm-hmm. Like just because you write an SOP, don't think that you're not going to have to go back and revise that SOP quarterly or yearly or whatever because things change, things evolve, right. things will be different as you grow. Mm-hmm. But allowing yourself to always revise those things is something that's vital to yeah. growth. Yeah, it's one of those, um, you know, Six Sigma mm-hmm. kind of, you know, high level management right. um, uh, training things. They talk about, um, you know, lean, being lean and and, yeah. and the waste and all of those things. And I, I don't know enough about it to really pontificate about it, but we could <laughs> have word, somebody, though. but good word. Pontificate yeah. it's a $5 word. It is. We, but we could have somebody on and talk about that. Cause I think that would be a fast, fascinating podcast. And yeah. it would also help us oh, totally. a lot, yeah. you know, but, but one of the, um, the core, you know, uh, tenants of Six Sigma, uh, is continual improvement. Yeah. And, you know, Amy, I love um, th- that she she's my uh, operations manager. She is, this is like part of her DNA is yeah. continual improvement. And so, you know, we went through these strategic planning sessions and this will be an annual thing that we continually do. Yeah. And, um, and we'll probably revisit this. We could potentially revisit it again. I don't know if we'll do a whole Sure. Whole blown, a uh, full blown strategic planning session again this year, but it, um, we'll definitely look at our strategic goals and continually improve the SOPs that we just made. Yeah, you know we're making them right now. I guarantee in six months they won't look the same. Yeah, um, because we're going to figure out what we're going to break things, um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to have to fix them. So, yeah. so those really like when you're thinking about organization and systems, which are key, and it's literally like the first component of scaling. Yeah. Um, and it really, it actually flows into the other ones we're going to talk about. But when you're thinking about um, all of those um, those organization and skit, uh, systems, it really does can't come down to continually improving them. Yeah. Um, however you do it. When I first started with print on demand, I didn't have a SKU naming system. And I just went with what I went with. And then eventually... I redid it and yeah. I made it better. Yeah. And you know what? We're still doing that as we add new products. We got to figure out, well, how are we going to add this? And right. so it's, it's a, it is a continual thing to yeah. do continuous improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the next one that uh, when we talk about what's the second component of scaling Josiah? Yeah. Research and development and product development. So uh, it can look a little different depending on whether you're drop shipping or producing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for drop shipping, if you're going to do research and development, it looks like, you know, we're doing design research, which we just last week uh, dropped the episode with Michael Essick yeah. about designs, which was fascinating yeah. hearing his process. <laughs> if you haven't availed yourself of that episode, please do so. Uh, it's last week's episode. And uh, there's also the video of it on our YouTube channel. So uh, 
design research is huge. Right. And that's what you're going to, that's, that's the, that's what's going to set you apart from everybody else is right. what kind of designs you put out there. So you're going to want to look at trends. You're going to look at styles. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to do the, do the research on what's, what's coming up. What's if the, is the trend past? Is it about to hit? Are you in the middle of it? What's that look like? So you're mm-hmm. going to have to do a lot of design research when, yeah. if you're drop shipping, that's going to be the primary uh, goal is just right. finding designs that work. And then products, products, drop shipping looks like quality testing, you know, Ordering mm-hmm. samples from different suppliers yeah. or get something from Printful and then Printify or whoever whoever you're fulfilling from, you're going to need product samples because I found with the people that we fulfill for, um, offering them free samples is huge because then they can have their hands on it. Mm-hmm. They can intelligently speak to their base about what they have. And then right. when they're wearing it in their videos or whatever, it's a huge selling point Yeah, because they're actually physically wearing it. So, um, but Travis, you were saying, you know, before we started recording, take take it with a grain of salt when it comes <laughs> to the to the samples from your from your suppliers. Yeah, I mean, you know, you 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 kind of expect for a pro, a producer to put their best foot forward when they send you samples. <laughs> sure, um, you know, they might do the you know the highest setting on that DTG print or whatever. You know, who knows? Right, you can't really know. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know. Um, You've got to trust them at some level, but do take it with a grain of salt because they may have a sample level of print Mm. and an order level of print. Unfortunately, you know, we, that's the world we live in. So, you know, and and it goes back to, um, you know, kind of having that relationship with your producer or with your supplier, if you can, if that's a possibility, you can get, you know, I mean, obviously we are very biased towards the, the mom and pop (laughs) uh, production (laughs) facility because we both run one. Yeah. But um, I think there's something to be said for that. You, when you have that communication. In fact, I can say, so uh, Jason, uh, my father-in-law who I run the business with at Will for apparel, he had a conversation with this guy on Etsy I'll have to show you a shop after we're done here because it's hilarious what, what he's doing. <laughs> okay. But we're talking about fulfilling, um, taking over his fulfillment. And he's using uh, a big, the equivalent of a big box, you know, print on demand supplier, mm-hmm. one of the big boys. And uh, in that conversation, Jason was having with him, and, we, and I was in the room, we on speaker, it was a conference call, you know, was like, listen, we might not be um, able to beat them in pricing, but if you have a problem, mm. you can call me. Yeah. And the Etsy shop owner was like sold because it takes me weeks to resolve a single right. issue with these guys. I can't get a hold of anybody. Yeah. It's just not doable. So a lot of so if you're a small, you know, mom and pop shop like like we run, uh leverage, use that to your advantage. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it's huge to be able to tell people like, yeah, we can we can uh you know, we can pick up the phone and if someone gets a, a print that wasn't up to the sample quality, you can call us on it and we'll rectify or we'll make that right. Or maybe something went wrong. I, we have a client that we fulfill for who uh, he was using a guy out of Ohio mm-hmm. and uh, he got print samples and they were fantastic. And the, this, uh, this mm-hmm. shop also fills for like the NFL, all this crazy stuff. Oh, well. well then like two months down the line, this guy was sending out orders that were missing sleeve prints, tag prints, one sh- a couple shirts went out with no front print, just oh, a sleeve no. print. And it took our client uh, weeks to resolve any of those issues. And those are glaring issues. Yeah, those are, we can all agree. Those are pretty it's not big just things. Like, yeah. Hey, this looks a little faded. This is like, hey, it's blank. <laughs> There's no print on it. <laughs> I'm confused here. So, yeah. So, 
take it with a grain of salt. But again, if you have the ability to establish a connection or maybe have a rep with your supplier or your your fulfillment partner, yeah. um, it, it's huge. So Travis, if you're producing your own products, mm-hmm. what does research and development look like in that way? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to also do you know, uh, you're going to focus on the design and the trends because, yeah. um, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned it when you're, when you're drop shipping, everybody has access to all the same products, yeah. you know, and, and it's relatively the same for people who are producing their own products. They have, I mean, there's only so many things that we can print on. I mean, sure. you can obviously innovate and, and, and we're, I mean, that's very as important yeah. as you yeah. should. Yeah. Um, but your designs really are the thing that, that's going to set you apart and, yeah. and your trend research, finding out what is popular. Um, that's so vital too. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you're drop shipping or producing your products, that's still going to be same. the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you are producing your own products, you have the ability to probably um, quickly kind of test some new products. So if you, for instance, if you have a sublimation printer and you've got a flat press and you're doing shirts, you know, you're sublimating shirts or whatever, um, perhaps you, um, you could try some puzzles, you know, yeah. we've talked about puzzles mm-hmm. on the podcast before you could try, um, you know, some, uh, flip-flops, you can sublimate yeah. flip-flops. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are a hundred, probably a thousand different things you could yeah. sublimate with a flat press and a sublimation yeah. printer. 100%. I can you think know. of, you know, we, we do, uh, masks, mm-hmm. yep. um, socks, Yep, socks. Yep. Um, and then, of course, like aprons. We do aprons for mm-hmm. Etsy clients, and those are sublimatable. So there's a lot of stuff that you can branch into. Specifically, we use sublimation because it is so wide open yeah. uh, as opposed to DTG where you're going to have some limitations. But mm-hmm. sublimation, there's there seems to be from coasters to Christmas ornaments to dog bowls. To, yeah. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Right. So a part of that also is, you know, in the testing process is expect that you're going to – uh, incur some loss mm-hmm. because you're going to burn one. You're going to break something. I was, I was telling Travis, I was telling you before we press record, um, we recently brought on wine tumblers that are sublimatable. Yep. And it has taken us, <laughs> We like I think yesterday. That taper our, is our, a pain in the butt. I'm telling you what, dude. <laughs> it is a challenge, and it took our, our sub guy – you know, yesterday he probably burned through four of them, mm-hmm. and they're not. You know, like the eleven ounce mugs are, are much cheaper. So every mm-hmm. time you you burn a wine tumbler, it hurts a little bit more because they're <laughs> a little bit more expensive. Right. But I was just—he was like, I don't think we should offer these. So I had to like walk him through. Like, no, we okay. Dial back the temperature. Dial back the time. Mm-hmm. Think about what's going wrong and what you would think would solve that. So it just takes a lot to do that. And the other, the other, the flip side of that coin is. Do not offer, and I'm speaking from experience. Do not offer the product until you know mm-hmm. that you can that you can offer it. So, yeah. what happened in this instance with the wine tumblers is my wife uh, put the cart in front of the horse and was like, "Yes, we can," <laughs> and then, and and then it put us uh, behind the eight ball to test and yeah. produce. Yeah. So it wouldn't be such a, a contentious subject <laughs> if there wasn't the fact that there were orders already sitting in right. our queue for these <laughs> items. Exactly. So make sure that if you can't offer it and you can't pull it off to what you feel is your level of, of expertise or your level of quality uh, of the product, the finished product, just don't offer it. Yeah. Keep research and developing and, and finding different ways to pull it off. But but don't put yourself in a position where you're forced to have to do it because there's already people buying the product. Mm-hmm. Cause I can tell you from experience, it's not fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So 
Travis, we talked about these hats uh, mm-hmm. being laser engraved and, and the hats you're doing for, for my collection. Yeah. Uh, leather patches for laser. Tell us a little bit about, it was a new process to you mm-hmm. when you got all of the, when you opened up the new shop. Right. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what it was like for you in learning a new process and some things that people that are learning a new process need to keep in mind yeah. when going forward. Sure. I mean, like uh, in particular, you know, just talking about laser, um, you know, the way you laser a, um, a tumbler or a water bottle, you know, you have a rotary, um, yeah. or maybe you have a jig and you have a large, larger lens. Um, it allows you to not have to rotate them because the lens is, is lot larger and, right. um, and you can get a, a better or a, a wider angle to actually laser, sure. um, which is something that we're looking into, but we do have rotaries. So, you know, it's just, you have to do them one at a time that yeah. way. Um, but if you're doing a rotary, you know, it's going to be, it's going to have a different power setting. It's going to have a different speed, you know, than it is for like these leather hats. So for every single, you know, process or product that you're doing, um, particularly on laser, but on sub too, on, you know, it's Mm going to have a different time. We call it a recipe. You know, there's just, you, you have to have a recipe book, Mm -hmm. um, for these different products, these different processes, you know, cause it's going to have a different time, um, you know, a different speed, a different pressure, if it's Mm -hmm. sub a different, um, you know, you might even need a different file type. As a matter of fact, I actually realized that I tried to, to do a a patch hat with somebody's PNG they, they gave me and and it didn't work. I had to convert it to an SVG file, um, to, to make it work. So there's different things like that, that, you know, um, maybe had I had the epilogue guy out here and trained me, you know, from day one, I would have figured, you know, I would have, that would have, and and maybe somebody who is doing sure some yeah. somebody who is doing laser you know is is thinking come on Travis you know better than that okay. <laughs> but the yeah. the fact is you know you you there are things that you have to learn and you and you do have to test these yeah. things and um, if you don't you're gonna get into the wine tumbler yeah the wine tumbler scenario yeah <laughs> uh, no I love I love the word recipe because you know even when it was when we were learning DTG. Uh, when we first got our, our, our um, printer, you can. We looked up all the recommended times and settings, <laughs> and we did it just like that website said. And we're I know like, where you're going this, with this. This sucks. <laughs> I don't like the way this turned out at all. So then you go to another person. Yep. You're like, okay, he said do a little bit different. Okay, no, okay, that's still not offended. So <laughs> it's a recipe because much like recipes, when you have it in your own kitchen. You're going to add a little bit of your own yep. flair, maybe not do this, add yep. that, whatever, and then make it your own right. for your particular production process. So it's good to find a, a starting point of recommendations of time, temp, setting, all that kind of stuff. But just know that it's also going to require you to be um, a little flexible and kind of experiment some more beyond that and make the perfect recipe for your particular business. Exactly. Um, which was a huge learning curve mm-hmm. for us because we were really disappointed in the fact that when we followed the advice on the website, it looked of like the experts. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we do, we do similar products, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. I guarantee we do them differently. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a conversation with Tate, your, your son, your mm-hmm. production manager, yep. uh, who actually gave us the idea for this episode. Yeah, uh, for the main event. So shout out to Tate. Tate comes in clutch for this one for sure. <laughs> but uh, when we came to um, pick up, we were picking something up from here. First time I, I checked the space out, he and I just had a quick fifteen minute conversation in your DTG room, mm-hmm. and he was like, "How do you do it?" And I walked mm-hmm. him through, and like he was like, "Well, that makes sense." 
but this is how we do it. But I think I like the way that you do it. I'm like, well, you do it however you feel is best. Yeah. <laughs> but we get the same result. We just get there going two different ways. We right. just went on the other side of the path and ended up at the same place. Mm. But it's a fascinating conversation to have with people of like, you do what? That's, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I never thought of doing that, but it looks good. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We do similar stuff and our processes are probably a lot different in some respects. So yeah. the next thing about scaling um, is machinery yeah new machines yeah you get to the point where you need a second ddg printer or a third or right. a new 3070 whatever um one of the things you got to think about when it comes to machines is budget yep because they are not cheap they are not cheap <laughs> i think we are looking at the 3070 the epson that's it right yeah. Yeah. it's like 50 grand right yeah and uh, it's a baller machine oh my gosh it's it is it's a weird thing that now i look at a t-shirt printer i'm like that's sexy. <laughs> you know I mean, like, I want that. I know exactly house. what you mean. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, Jason and I were talking about just budget wise and what volume numbers do we have to hit to justify yeah. the, that purchase to where it would pay itself off in a year and saved ink and saved labor. Yeah. And, and in, you know, one of our machines, the warranties, we can't re-up next year. So what are we going to sell that one? So it's a whole mm-hmm. budget is something you got to make sure that you have right. that space, that capital to invest in that machine. And then again, figuring out how long is this thing going to take before it pays itself off? Yeah. What's the return on my investment? And how quick is that going to happen? And it's good to get references from others. <clears throat> we had a guy yeah. that we both we went to Vegas with him. Actually, we met him in Vegas, I think, for mm-hmm. one SGIA. And he lived and died by brother printers. Oh yeah, remember? Oh okay. Now I know who you're talking. I was like, <laughs> we which, so which guy people. was that? <laughs> yeah, Vegas stories are yeah. another episode for behind a paywall someday. But, <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, but he he lived yeah. and died by brothers. And I was telling him, you know, we're thinking about Epson, and he was like, "You're gonna just make the biggest mistake, and you're gonna regret every decision." Right. Made and you're going to find yourself wondering. He was, he was kind of rude about it. He too, was very, which was shocking because he was he was like the nicest guy. He was the, a very nice. And then guy. when we started talking about, we started talking looking about at Epson. It was a, I think it was a combination of, of of Epson printers and copious amounts of alcohol. Probably, I think probably brought out. <laughs> Maybe he's him. just he's an angry drunk. He's kind of he was, he was dickish, <laughs> but 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 yeah, he was like you know you're going to find yourself and you're regretting every decision you made and why were you born type stuff if you get a brother printer. <laughs> So there's so many or Epson printer, Epson yeah, printer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many different uh, ways to go about yeah. it. So many different brands and and machines. And one thing we were talking about, Travis, is when you're looking for someone uh, for for a reference for insight. Don't <laughs> we don't want to say don't trust a brand's rep, but. Don't, Don't trust, trust a brand's rep. Uh, yeah, because I mean, you know, you know, if you, if you go to to a Verizon store and say, "Hey, who's better, you or AT and T?" Right. You know, nine times, ten times out of ten, yeah. I know I worked for them. You're going to say Verizon, and you're going to say all the good things about Verizon and all the bad things about AT and T, and then that's it. So you're not really getting a full, right. like, unbiased opinion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's loads of websites you can go to to find actual people who are using the machines every single day. Yeah. A lot of people have used multiple machines. They've used the brother and the Epson and they've used the, you know, the Chinese one that they got and, you know, and they threw out in the trash after a month or whatever, or maybe they're still using it and they love it. Yeah. And they swear by it. Yeah. I mean, that's that, 
there are a lot of people out there doing um, these different processes. You know, is it, so is it a, um, you know, find find somebody who's used a Mamaki UV printer before, an yeah. epilogue laser printer yeah. or, or, or a laser engraver or and 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 actually get their opinion on this thing, because. Right. Um, like you said, the, the brand reps are great at pointing out all of the amazing things that yeah. their machines can do. And right. to be fair, their machines can do amazing things. Sure. It's just a matter of what aren't you telling me? Right. And you can't, you exactly. can't yeah. know that <laughs> until you have that machine in your, I mean, there are things about the Epson we just talked about. Oh, it was great. You know, I mean, it, it that, you know, the brother probably does better, sure. you know, but yeah, the Epson's been fine for us. Oh, we yeah. figured it yeah. out. You know, we've, we've had no problem with it. And it's, it's about knowing what works best for what you're, you're doing. doing. Exactly. Right? So mm-hmm. you know, you get caught up in well, brothers more expensive or mm-hmm. Epson's more expensive, and that must mean it's better. You just need to do just follow your intuition on what you feel is best for you when it comes to you know price tag, budget, what you're going to be doing with the machine. You might not need all the bells and whistles of of a crazy high-end printer right. or, or whatever you, you do whatever you feel is best and like travis said there's there's tons of of websites and forums you can go to to, yeah. to find out and you just have to gts just google that well <laughs> our notes say ship yeah, but, well, yeah sailing takes me away okay yeah i always think of the sticks song is it sticks, sticks. i'm sailing away nice yeah that is i'm sticks. scaling away how do you scale away though well, I don't you, know. you said an open course for the okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> the third, um, the third. What is what I'm looking? What, what for? was it called? What, Sca- component. Component. That's the one. <laughs> Scaling component. <laughs> this is what you get when we're in person. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so uh, maximizing your assets. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Travis. And we talked about digital assets and the organization right. and that kind of stuff. But when it comes to maximizing your assets, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is that your designs and your mock-ups, they are assets. Yeah. They are your assets. Yeah. And so you should utilize them to the fullest capacity you know, of, of your business. And, yeah. and you should use them as much as you possibly can. So one of the things that, you know, is, is kind of the, the easiest first step is other channels. Yeah. You know, or if, if you're on Redbubble, well, are you on Etsy? You know, right. if you're on Merch by Amazon, are you on Redbubble? You, right. Know? Right. If, you know, are you on Amazon? Yeah. Are you on Walmart? Are you on Wish, Wayfair, Bonanza, eBay? You know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, you know, what about, what about Shopify? You know, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, building a brand. Well, if you don't have a brand on Shopify, you're going to have a hard time making sales. I'm in I'm in a couple of Facebook groups where, um, you know, that these people are being it's it's like a Facebook group for somebody who just, um, you know, got a course and they're jumping into this whole thing and and um, and they're learning, you know, Facebook ads and how to set up their Shopify account and all this stuff. And there are I I. I'm saddened because there are so many posts talking about, you know, these people saying I've set up my Shopify account. I've been doing, you know, I've been doing Facebook ads for 30 days for 60 days for three months. And I've, I've not had one sale or I've had two sales the entire time. And one of those was my mom, (laughs) you know, know, it's, 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 it's a real, it's a bummer. So, I mean, when you're talking about Shopify, I would recommend going the branding route Mm -hmm. and not going the, um, 
the mile wide inch deep route, right. you know, and use utilizing every single design you have on that Shopify store, that's going to, that's going to take a more focused effort. So I, I don't want to yeah. get off track on that, but I just wanted to mention you, that you, yeah. when I'm talking about all these other channels, because you know, the, the temptation could be, well, shop, just treat Shopify like every other store. The thing yeah. about Shopify is, is that there's, <laughs> you have to drive your own traffic. Yeah. There's no organic traffic on yeah. that platform. So like, with Etsy, Amazon, Walmart, you know, all these other places, you're getting some people that will happen upon what you're offering right. organically speaking. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, Shopify is hard. I think there is a misnomer. I had this conversation with someone today that was like, well, we have all these, these assets and these designs. Maybe we should just put up a store. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to do that because yeah. I think we should be pretty specifically drilled down into a niche and a brand which, you know, when launching, you know, the dangerous freedom collection that I'm, that I'm doing now, mm-hmm. it's pretty niche down to a specific, like it's, it's a good branding opportunity to where if I wanted right. to launch my own site or Shopify site, it would be easier because it's for very specific. Yeah. You got to really niche you down, really niche down into mm-hmm. who, who's your target audience and because yep. running Facebook ads for, for a Shopify store, that's just another novelty t-shirt site. Yeah. Best of luck. Then um, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, it's definitely one thing to keep in mind when it comes to diversifying your channel offerings for sure. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, is, is marketing, yeah. online marketing, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I started, I think a couple of weeks ago, I started a TikTok for what for apparel mm-hmm. and literally just did, you know, uh, here's how you print a shirt and little 15 I second videos and here's really mugs cool. and, mm-hmm. and so, and, and, uh, you know, I'm going to do one about, you know, the stuff, our, our services and what we can offer you. And then mm-hmm. every once in a while, you know, f- some funny stuff. And then once in a while, pitch the, the, the company, but, um, so TikTok's a huge way to market because you're going to get a lot of people's attention mm-hmm. um, or more organic traffic. I mean, you kind of have to learn the algorithm, which is the same for every social sure. media platform, mm-hmm. but using it to marketing and then you even partnering with, you know, because we work with TikToker, TikTokers, we're asking people that we partner with to stitch or do right. or share our, or TikTok yeah. and drive traffic sure. to our page. So that Instagram and of course, Facebook and Pinterest mm-hmm. um, are great forms of marketing. Travis, I know you've done some Facebook ads. Have you dabbled in Instagram or, or Pinterest at all? I haven't really. Pinterest is like, uh, it's that opportunity lost to me. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I've, I've thought, man, if, if I, if I could have known Pinterest for when I started really just kind of sure. getting into Etsy, sure. I think like Pinterest and Etsy go together, like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, so if you, if you have that opportunity, if you understand that stuff, um, I I really do think you can drive external traffic to your Etsy store, which Etsy loves when you drive external traffic. It actually, I think it actually gives you a little boost in the algorithm Uh when you're driving that external traffic. I think probably most of these channels do even, even Amazon, you know? Um, I mean, I, I don't know that for a fact because they keep their, you know, their algorithm (laughs) pretty (laughs) locked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Close to the, close to the vest. Um, yeah, but, uh, the, the, you know, all, all these, all these marketing opportunities, um, you may not have time for all of these things. So we could go back to that top, you know, that part where we were talking about scaling and doing SOPs right. and HR and hiring people. And you may need to hire a marketing person yeah. that knows some of these things. And, um, you know, but at the same time, if you, you know, if you're not that, if you're not at that place, maybe choose one right. that you're not on right. um, and make it a, make it, you know, a goal or a yeah. strategic plan to, to actually post 
three, four times a, a week, you yeah. know, on one yeah. of these, these platforms. And consistency, consistency is, is, king. is the key to yeah. breaking through um, a lot of the noise uh, and, right. and posting every day. Hmm. It doesn't even have, I think the problem is, I know for me, I either want to post something that's entertaining or really profound or gives good insight, mm-hmm. but it's just about posting something to being there. It's being in, in the person's face and in the front of mind yeah. um, and just posting stuff. So right. like, you know, I'll have stuff. Uh, I don't know. Seven. I'll take, I'll make seven posts and just save them. And then no, like we're going to drop on this day, drop it this day yeah. and work it out that way. Um, and just kind of bulk create content and, and, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, it, it's, it is about consistency and that's yeah. the key. So Travis offline, yep. locally, what are some opportunities you can have to market? Yeah, I think um, one of the things when, you know, if you have a production facility or even if you're still, even if you're drop shipping, you have a unique set of skills <laughs> and a unique set of skills. Yeah, exactly. That people don't necessarily have. And and that's how to create a t-shirt or yeah. a yeah. promotional product or something. So um, I encourage people to get in, involved in like the chamber of commerce, yep. um, you know, some of those types of there's, you know, they have uh, the rotary clubs mm-hmm. and, you know, all of these different clubs and things like that, that were business people come together and you could, you know, create you know have networking opportunities yeah. where you're put in in a, in a position where you're actually have an opportunity to to sell you know a yeah. large order you yeah. know like these people aren't just going to order one yeah they're businessmen yeah they've got <laughs> they're going to order for their whole staff yeah. or for their whole yeah. customer base or whatever yeah. um so i think that's an excellent opportunity that i don't think print on demand companies talk about enough at least in our space sure we're all talking about the channels and the shopify right. and all this right. stuff but locally there's really opportunities churches yeah um restaurants schools yep. i know you guys have done a lot of restaurants you know yep. in the local area and it yep. just it's literally having a business card going to your favorite place for lunch yeah and and saying hey is the owner the manager here, here? Or, yeah yeah, yeah. And, it's a lot and like striking uh, up a conversation it's a lot I, it's a lot like you know back in the days of retail arbitrage of like hey is the manager here? is the manager here you yeah. want to talk want to kind of talk you know business and maybe come up with a good idea and here's the thing you know and this was a talking point that i had over in, during 2020 where a lot of people were like well i can't do anything because of covid right and it was like well that that might be true in part but also don't let that be a crutch for your in a, for your inactivity because yeah. churches restaurants and schools needed some funds needed a way right. to raise money needed ways to stay uh, afloat and and get support out in the community and print on demand is the perfect way to do that and so uh you know even in even in the most trying times during lockdowns or quarantines or whatever people are still going online and still availing themselves of products. So if you have the ability to partner with the church or a restaurant or a school, or, you know, you meet, you know, your local electrician or whatever yeah. in the chamber of commerce, there's tons of stuff and tons yeah. of ways to do that online. We just got some new shelves. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw, I did some in Facebook. I did mm-hmm. some things where I showed the shelves and the guy who actually put them up for me, he's in my place. He's seen all these shirts, you know, yeah. he's, he's going to come back. He's going to get some shirts from me. Yeah. You know I mean? It's, it's, it's all about just those, those connections you can make and networking, yep. you know, as often as you possibly can, because you never know 
um, where people are at, you know, yeah. what they need. Totally. And, and if you can solve a problem for them, regardless if you have the ability to do it in-house or if you have, outsource it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can outsource it to Printify. I guarantee you're probably still going to get a better price than, you know, he's going to go try to figure it out himself. He, he doesn't <laughs> have time for that. Sure. And, and you're solving a problem. And that's, we've yeah. always said, that's, that's what that's, business is. Yeah. And that's the biggest service you can offer. I've always yeah. told people, you know, I had a conversation last night with a good friend who is in social media marketing. Uh, and he, he's, he's talking to a client about building a site and whatever, a Shopify site. And I said, listen, people will pay for something that they don't know how to do because you're solving a problem. They right. don't have the time to figure out how to yeah. build a whole Shopify store. Yeah. Someone didn't have the time to go figure out how to transfer I, t-shirts. I didn't have know? time to, to go to Sears where they're closing and yeah. buy and get all those shelves and bring them so back. Paid someone to do it. Paid someone to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. He solved my problem. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and again, all of this comes down to that fan foundational element of organization. Right. You have to have you have to be organized and have a really clear plan of attack and the SOPs in place to okay, we're going to partner with the church. Okay, what's the SOP look like? What's the process of bringing them on board? Yep. Opening up their store or then placing an order with you, even if it's a bulk order. What does your mm-hmm. order system look like? What's the production flow look like? So, organization is huge yeah. when it comes to your ability to scale. Yeah, it really, it it may seem like a lot. And frankly, that's because it is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to scale, you know, it, it's a lot. Um, and But that's why we talk about, you know, having kind of that laser focus. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do all of this stuff this year. Yeah. Um, but you can create the plan yeah. for how you want to tackle all of these things yeah. and then decide which are most, the most important for your business and then tackle those things. You can get those, That's, you know, a few things down yep. and then you can save those other things for next year. Yeah. As you're continuing to grow, don't be the shiny object person. That's like constantly going around, right. you know, looking to the next and things, next thing. Yeah. Like six things that are half done. And yeah. Things and then nothing's actually, ac- and, yeah. yeah. And nothing's actually getting done. Yeah. Just exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's baby steps. So think mm-hmm. about what about exactly. Bob? Right. Yep. The old movie with Bill Murray, baby steps to the apartment, baby steps out the door. <laughs> it's all about baby steps and just getting your play, getting yourself in a position where that next year is when you're going to hit the go button and be yep. able to scale because you've taken the steps uh, to to be able to do that. Totally. So, um, so, yeah, just to, to recap, the three components of scaling uh, would be organization and, and systems, research and product development. And lastly, maximizing your assets. So, um, Travis, any closing thoughts about these components before we put a bow on it? Yeah, I just I think you know just what we said: um, bite-sized chunks, you know, baby steps. steps. And uh, because it is a lot. I mean, I I know if I would have listened to this when I was first starting, I'd be like, oh, I quit. Yeah, I just quit. (laughs) I'm done. You know, I'll never get there. And 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 it could have. I just want to speak to that person that's feeling uh-huh, that heaviness uh-huh. right now. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's don't feel heavy because you can accomplish something, right? You know, even and again, I, I don't want to you know kind of beat a dead horse, but it really does come down to just deciding what you're going to do and and having laser focus on that until you're done, and yeah. then do the next thing. Yeah. And and the the in my opinion, the best uh, thing that you can start on is to start on the plan itself. Right. 
you know, lay out the plan on how you're going to create all these SOPs, which SOPs are most important. You know, you may not need HR because you're not going to hire anybody for a while. It's you and your mom. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, you know, lay out the plan, get started, let that be your laser focus. um, And then from there, you will have that roadmap that can get you to scaling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it, guys. Uh, we had a good time with this episode. This was fun. Being, being in person. I know. We need to it's do this more often. often. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Jinx, you owe me a, a water. Okay. It's okay. It's right here. Cheers. Awkward <laughs> moment for you. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <clears throat> I wonder if the listeners, like, prefer this or if they're like, man, guys, go back to your own offices. You're not as awkward there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're getting more of the experiences if we were hanging out with us in person. Yeah, uh, yeah. We actually really reined it in as far as side trails and dad jokes today. We did. Uh, but let us know what you prefer because you can go to printonamancast.com slash Facebook and let us know like guys never do this again or <laughs> <laughs> make it a monthly thing. Or maybe we'll go live once a month and do it in person. My office, the office, who knows? Uh, we're open to suggestions mm-hmm. and you can give us those suggestions at info at printondemandcast.com as well. You can email us, reach out to us, let us know if you have any questions. We always love hearing from you guys, if not on the Facebook group there as well. And of course, printondemandcast.com is where to go to get more information about the podcast and you can find us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcasts, they're the podcast is there for you as well. So uh, if you have time, please give us a uh, five stars, preferably five stars. Yeah. Definitely definitely five stars. I feel like the live bumper Mm. is five star worthy in and of itself. Scaling takes me away. Forgot the word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you doesn't moan. So, Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. For Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you next time right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. That's so good. The <laughs> prepubescent moan. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to go in the out the outtakes. Yeah. Just that little <laughs> phrase. That prepubescent moan. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness if people only knew yep